0: comes from Pier 1 Theatre, celebrating 50 years of creating community theatre, supporting community voices, and sharing the performing arts. Schedules and information on Pier 1 Productions at 907-226-2287
1: and pier one Theater.com.
2: This is KBBI Homer, AM 890 and K201 AO Seward, 88.1 FM. The time is 9.03 AM. This is The Coffee Table. I'm Kathleen Gustafson, and we are celebrating this week the 50th anniversary of Pier One Theater, and let's just see who's on the panel. Uh, Jennifer Norton, executive director of Pier One Theater, and can let's let's test that mic. Good morning. Test just re- take Good one. Good morning. <laughs> and how about Jessica Golden, playwright with a play running currently right now in the Pier One season? Good morning. Thank you for having us. It's the same mic, but I wanted to test it twice. (laughs) And how about Sasha Peterson?
3: Hey, good morning, Kathleen. Good
2: morning, Sasha. And good morning to Dave Webster.
3: morning, Kathleen. And,
2: you know, I I hesitate to even... I have to remember, not everybody knows all of you so well. And so I want to talk a little bit and have you guys introduce yourselves in Pier 1 Theater because it's 1973 to 2023, 50 years this season. And Jennifer Norton, will you start talking to just give people a brief overview of what we're doing specifically to celebrate the 50th anniversary? And uh, and then we'll go in more in depth of what those events are a little later.
0: Certainly. Um, so our goal this coming week is to celebrate with as many folks, uh, who have participated with Pier One Theater over the years, whether they are, uh, performers or volunteers, audience members, Ravens Club donors, uh, and the like. So we just want to get together with everybody and have a good time. So we have an exhibit opening first Friday, uh, at the Pratt Museum, which will have props, costumes, music, play, uh, some memories of the plays we've done, and it's just an opportunity to get together and check out some of those things that we've created over the years. There's a music and auction night Tuesday, uh, July 11th at Alice's Champagne Palace with a lot of friendly musicians that you might be familiar with from Pier 1 shows. We are celebrating the life and legacy of Lance Peterson on Friday, July 14th uh, at Pier 1 Theater on the Spit. And then we have a reunion party out at uh, the Bear Creek Winery on uh, Saturday, July 15th. Um, and that's just a chance to get together and enjoy our memories together.
2: Well, welcome, everybody, and thank you so much. And I want to start, though, I'd like to start with Dave Webster. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with Pier 1? I have two Pier 1 local playwrights sitting at the table. So I'm really excited. Uh, and to hear about your experience, have you been a part of Pier 1 since
4: 1973? No, no, <laughs> I wasn't even born then, Kathleen. Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I am. No, I got involved. We moved to Homer, my wife and I, Annie Whitney, in uh, 84. Lived in a little cabin way out east end. Uh, within a year or so, Annie was involved in the theater. And when the first show went up at the theater on the spit, which was The Drunkard, Annie and our daughter Susanna were in that show. And I built a deck in front of that theater, which became the concession stand lobby area. They eventually put a building over a roof over it, and that became that area. And so I was working carpentry, doing stuff for the theater. And I'd be out there all the time because my family was involved. And eventually I got uh, started doing the band for Hal Spence's cabarets. Um, and I'd play in the bands. And uh, Lance got me to direct one of those. And then a few years later, he said, I've got this great play. Would you like to direct it? It was called The Foreigner. I said, I don't know how to direct anything. He says, well, yeah, try, give it a try. So I did. I directed that. And then a few years later, the cabarets kind of went away. And I think Pier 1 was beginning to be become a little concerned about using copyrighted music. Because they were just basically Hal's script and uh, popular tunes of right. the day. And I said, well, sort why, why, like don't I, why, don't I, why don't I write Sort of like Home
2: Companion style, yeah, where they're so
4: rewritten to... Yeah, yeah right. And, and so I said, Lance, uh, why don't I write one, and I'll write the music for it. And I'd never written a song in my life. What, and he said, really? yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I kind of forgot about it, and then I think it was during Fiddler on the Roof, in the program it said, <laughs> coming soon, a new musical by David Webster. <laughs> Lance was that way. <laughs> he would get people to do things they didn't know they could do. And I've been involved ever since.
2: Well, I want to, thanks, Dave Webster. Now, you have uh, mentioned Lance twice, so I want to talk to Sasha and everyone because there is, there's going to be a celebration of life for Lance coming up, and I want anyone, I just always assume everybody knows everybody, and I want to make sure that we introduce Lance and talk about Lance. Uh, but also, thank you for kicking us off because I want to invite, the phones are open, and Josh is standing by, and you can call 907- and you could uh, put up a phone line and talk about your Pier 1 experience. We'd love to hear from you. I'm calling you out. Dick Sanders, Lynn Roth, I'm calling you out. Ken Lanfield, Pier 1 people within the sound of my voice, and I know there are so many that even after 23 years- Pier 1
4: theater are not early risers, so don't get your hopes up.
2: (laughs) Well, don't they all have KBBI on 24 hours a day, even (laughs) when they're asleep in their houses? That's how it was at the Petersons' house. So I want to introduce Sasha Peterson. Sasha, thank you so much for coming in.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: Can you talk a little bit about Lance, kind of introduce him to people who might not know him?
3: Yeah, I feel really grateful that Lance was my father, and I was um, co-opted into the theater world. I was born in 1976, and my first show... Was when my mom was pregnant. And My second show, I was a baby and stolen off the stage, so I didn't have much of a choice. But I was roped into the theater world. But you know, my dad, I think you talked about it, David, is really great about building community and bringing people into the space. And I think that's what he wanted out of Pier One Theater was to create a space where everybody in Homer and the Central Peninsula could come together and showcase their talents, but continue to grow and learn and be put into positions whether they liked it or not. You know, <laughs> uh, to you know explore theater in their creative space so the story that I heard from him was that back in 1973 he was here in Homer with his wife Barbara and a couple of their friends Richard and Donna Dixon and they were like we need to do theater this summer on the spit and so they each chipped in $50 and they talked to the city and there was an abandoned old warehouse out on Pier 1 next to Land's End and they decided to turn that into a theatrical performing space and I think they did their very first show was The Drunkard that year Mm -hmm as well, and um, from then it just continued to grow and cultivate this community that we all love to participate in, and I think this is like a really vibrant part of the Homer experience is having Pier One Theater, so. uh, Jen, what was it, 350 shows over the last 50 years? Something
0: like that. It's a pretty impressive number of productions that have been performed through Pier One Theater.
2: Well, I know it's, it was instilled in me from the time I got here that it's part of the mission of the place that if you've got a good idea and you're willing to see it through, you can make your ideas happen on the Pier 1 stage. It's an extremely generous uh, theater. Uh, I have, I've been in theaters that didn't have their stuff together half as well as Pier 1 who were gatekeepers, and it was mm. really hard to get through. But, but Lance really did instill in me that if, that if somebody's got a good idea and they're willing to make it work, you welcome them.
4: Uh, 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 another thing about Lance that I think is important um, is that his lack of ego involvement in stuff was amazing? Because his uh, his theory was, if you fail, it's not on me. I mean, it, it doesn't reflect <laughs> on on Pier One Theater. It reflects on you. Your so, lack, so do your best.
2: Your lack of preparation does it, not constitute exactly. a failure on my part. It exactly. was printed in his office. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and
4: <too>. he <laughs> would he would just let people go and uh, n- not not be prolific with his advice if
2: you but asked for it you got
4: it if you asked for it you got yeah,
2: it yeah i feel
3: like he did cultivate that space i remember my parents house being this like hub of theater in the summer and whether it was like you know designing sets or talking about lighting plans or running scripts like people were coming and going in and out of my parents house for decades to mm-hmm. to move the theater forward
2: so jennifer norton i'm going to get to you soon jessica golden but Jennifer Norton, I want to know because you are also a Pier One Legacy, born into Pier One Theater. But first, I want to I want to uh, confirm with Sasha Peterson. Did you say in that last segment that you debuted on Pier One as a stolen baby?
3: Uh, yes, that is correct. I've
4: Actually, as a fetus. What an <laughs> well, amazing! Yeah, I,
3: if you can give me the line for that credit, I'm not <laughs> sure or not. But, yeah.
0: So Jennifer, will you talk a little bit about how you came? to Pier 1, I mean, it came to you. Sure, uh, my family moved f- from New York to Homer, um, and my father had recently discovered theater at college and was pretty excited about it. Uh, pretty shortly after he moved to Homer, he met Lance, and Lance said, come on down and be a performer with us. and My mother said, well, I guess if you're going to spend all your time at the theater, I better do that, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, my parents, Laura and Peter Norton, uh, got involved with Pier One in about 1981. And I was born in 1983. So I also, like Sasha, came along for the ride pretty much my entire life. And And now you are the official Norton representative (laughs) to this show. (laughs) uh, Lo and behold, I am executive director of Pier One Theater. And and
4: we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, her mother, Laura, who has played a huge role in Pier One. And we like to call her the prime minister. Because uh, nothing happens if it doesn't get by Laura first.
2: Yeah, it's every... Every show, I look forward to the talk with Laura Norton because she—I tell her what I want, and she tells me how I can get it. And so, but I, there's something—it's time to talk to Jessica Golden. Thanks. Grab that mic, will you? Because uh, you've got all you geezers. But
4: <laughs> it's the next generation. Jessica,
2: you—you're pretty new, pretty new to Pier One. Anyway, would you intru- introduce yourself as a Pier One player? Or family member. Uh,
1: sure, my name is Jessica Golden, and I uh, came to Pier One in 2017 as an usher. And it was almost the first thing I did before, you know, as my U-Haul pulled into the driveway. I had uh, Norton uh, recruiting me to come out and usher at the the theater. So that's how they hooked me. Um, I have at Pier One performed uh, What Functions Playwright. I've served on the board. Um, my Shakespeare in Quarantine played on KBBI during yes. the pandemic. Uh, what else? Performer. I've been on the stage a few times, and I'm now currently directing an original comedy that I wrote.
2: Maud on the Island? Maud of the of Island. Fi- I beg your pardon. Yeah. Maud of the Island. Correct. Okay, so I, I have to go back to Jennifer for just a second. What was your character debut on the Pier 1 stage? We know Stolen Baby and do you remember what your character debut was? I'm
0: not sure I do remember, but it was probably, um, we were like the Lollipop Guild or something in one of those cabarets with, that Hal uh, and David put so together. So you've been a cabaret act your <laughs> entire a cabaret life. cabaret act. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of the first. Um, and then we were bunnies in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I think that was an early
1: one as well.
2: And Jessica, what was your debut character?
1: Uh, my f- First Pier One Show was Spam a lot, and nice. uh, I was Dennis's mother, so <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wonderful introduction. How about Dave Webster? Ooh, I'm
4: trying to remember. Uh, I think the first time I actually had lines, I played Lex Luther in one of uh, his cabarets. And an interesting story about Lex Luther: he was bald, <laughs> and so I was going to shave my head. And the performance came shortly after a KBBI fundraiser. So I was sitting where you are now, and I said, you know what? For a a dollar-a-day pledge, I'll shave my head on stage at the concert on the lawn. And I got two dollar-a-day pledges.
3: Did you have to shave your head twice?
4: No, I only shaved my head once. Donna Reese and my wife Annie shaved my head, and uh, I was going to do it anyway, so it was no skin off my hair, head, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I think that was my first role on Pier 1 stage.
2: Excellent. So I would love to hear from anyone in the Peer, peer One family who would like to join in. You can call 907 235 7721, or you can email anything you would like to interject into the conversation to Kathleen at kbbi.org. Now, I'm going to get to that KBBI Peer One connection soon, but there are, you are in, in your pocket, there is a secret thumb drive that yeah. has. Uh, information, photos, is it going to the Pratt Museum? Is it going to, will you, will you tell us about what the Pratt Museum, how the Pratt Museum is participating in all of this?
0: Well, uh, the Pratt Museum is hosting a 50th anniversary exhibit for us this um, summer and into the fall, and that, that exhibit will find props and costumes and the list of plays that we've produced um, and some video clips of the works that we have record of. And David's kindly put together a, a looping video of that for us to see at the at the exhibit. And that'll be a first Friday opening from 4 to 6 this coming Friday. This very Friday. This very Friday. Well, I'm so glad you could
2: all be here today on Coffee Table. Uh, but also, are there any other exhibits, photo exhibits? Are you collecting any anything no there wasn't a call out for collection
0: yes well yes we'd love um particularly (laughs) at our reunion party on um on saturday the 15th i believe that's the correct date uh we'll be at the bear creek winery and we are looking for stories that people are interested in contributing or performers who are wanting to um, do a little sketch of some kind or anything at the garden there while we are enjoying food and drink in each other's company.
2: Well, that brings me to, I think it's time, I'd like to start breaking down these events because this is all happening and we're coming back to you, Jessica Golden, because you're on this weekend. Maud of the Island is is playing behind the Pratt. It's, um, it's not really a brand new relationship between the Pratt and uh, Pier 1, but it's kind of renewed, right? Well, didn't As You Like It happen b- out yeah, there so many years
0: ago? There's a lovely, well, there was a lovely little amphitheater out there um, many years ago. There was, um, It's um, sort of returned to nature now that where the original amphitheater was. Um, but uh, there have been several productions performed in the woods at the Pratt Museum. And specifically during the pandemic, uh, when we weren't gathering together in large numbers indoors, the Pratt Museum opened their space in the woods for us to perform. So for the last four summers, we've had productions in the Pratt Museum Park, and we've um, we've really enjoyed that space. It's kind of a magical experience out there in the woods, and... This year, we have a really, you know, I, I just love when you stumble on this lovely bedroom set in the middle of the woods, or this lovely um, living room set, and uh, it's it's very magical to me, and I hope it is for audiences as well. But for now, it is Maud of the Island by local playwright Jessica Golden. So And so you've created Prince Edward Island? yes all right so i'm going to stop
2: you just for a minute and i want to come back to all of this but line one caller oh oh, no caller call back if you can because
3: you are not there on line one Jennifer, I feel like that creation of space is something that Pier always done really well. Back in the era before they had their space on the spit or in yeah, between. Yeah, what their are two some of
2: the other places? I heard Man of La Mancha at the Down East.
3: Yeah, I remember. What are I some was of the others? some. I was a dwarf in that show as Augustine was erupting, and they were, you know turned the Downey Saloon into a, a space to do a musical. Um, they also created. Um, mobile sets that they could take and convert gymnasiums across the peninsula into, you know, the Fiddler on the Roof set or Oliver and pack it up and travel Mm -hmm. across the peninsula with it. So I think Pier 1's been awesome at doing that.
4: In in going through the old videos, which the quality is not great and they've deteriorated over the years, I've been trying to digitize them for this Pratt Museum little thing, and uh, uh, I found a, a rendition of Scrooge that was performed in the old high school gym. Mm-hmm. You can still see the, the you can see the slot on the door oh, floor.
2: Dracula was in the, the, gym was in the high Asia school Asia Freeman commons. was ravished by Dracula. <laughs> Dracula in the Homer was Homer High School gym.
4: Uh, Dracula was Gary Colin Thomas. <laughs> Gary Thomas played Dracula. That was the first Pier uh, one production uh, production
3: I, I saw. I think it was in the commons maybe. It was in what the was commons. It? Yes.
0: Yeah. The Man of La Mancha is the first production that I remember uh, that was happening out at um, yeah out at mm. the Down East.
2: So how about now, Jean? Do you read me?
5: Yes, I do. Go ahead, Jean. All right, I'll turn my radio off. I just wanted to, as a community member that has been affected all my life—or all my life up here in Homer from Pier One—and somebody who wouldn't necessarily be in the theater or, or do anything—and. I've been able to be in cabarets, and you just were talking about Man of La Mancha, which was supposed to be in the brand-new Homer theater, but we um, it didn't get finished, so the down east was refurbished, and um, cabarets going to the warehouse on the end of the spit, and then just all through the summer having access to live theater has just been wonderful for me and my family, and my daughter got very involved, and it was a huge, important part. And even Pierre Wynn allowed her to have a play that she was trying to write, have a live reading. And so it's just that welcome to try that makes it a community theater. It's always there, and it's always like, you know, someday I could just go audition for a play and be in it. And then there's the people who are really dedicated, who have gotten really, really good and watched them over the year. Do you Years. mind? And then just the creativity during the pandemic of starting the theater in the woods and doing it at Bear Creek Winery to keep it, keep it going. and. And you can always help out and usher if you can't afford to go. Um, so it's just, it really does draw the community in, and that's been a huge part for me.
2: Jean, do you remember, have you, what was your debut role on the Pier 1 stage?
5: In the cabarets as a Middle Eastern dancer, and then uh, Lance invited all the, the our whole troupe to have either just a bit part or become part of the whole thing for Anna L- La Mancha, and so, um, That's where I really got to experience his excellent directing skills. I I was just a prisoner who had no speaking part but had a personality.
4: (laughs) I believe I watched your sword dance a couple nights ago (laughs) on video.
5: Oh,
2: Oh my my gosh. You're in the archive, Gene Parker.
5: (laughs) 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 Well, thank you so much for calling. All right. Well, thank you guys for all the work, and I just love it. And thanks
2: to Lance. Thanks. That was Jean. Thanks, Jean. Anybody who would like to call in and share a memory, uh, they can call 907-235-7721, or you can email Kathleen at kbbi.org if you'd rather. Uh, But uh, Jean brought something up that uh, I wanted to get back to, which is the uh, I was bragging about having two playwrights sitting in front of me There is a long-standing program. Kate Rich has been getting writers playwrights together and developing work for years, even going to the Valdez Theater Conference. And I think your play, Jessica Golden, was developed through Perseverance
1: Theater. Is that right? Uh, So it was done through the Alaska Writers Workshop uh, through Theater Alaska in partnership with Perseverance Theater. Gotcha.
2: And were you a part of Kate Rich's group? She might not like it if I called it that.
1: But the writer's group? Uh, the, the, that meets here at Pier 1? Yeah. I have, uh, I have participated before, but I unfortunately I'm so busy I, I can't yeah. be a regular participant. Yeah.
4: So well. That I is a wonderful group. I just was with my wife there last week and read a play, which was quite wonderful. It was a wonderful experience.
2: So was it your play? You read someone no, else's no, no. play? This,
4: this was a play that she found at the Valdez uh, conference and brought back
2: Excellent. Yeah, there's a whole reader. Not only is it development of playwrights, but also they set up reader series and they really do focus. If you are a writer out there and you think that your ideas are not good enough or that no one will cooperate with you to make them happen, I got to tell you that Pier One does it as a practice. So just know that uh, One Theater.org is where you would go to learn how to contact and get in with us all. Dave Webster?
4: And Lance was also instrumental in bringing several shows to the Pier One stage when they were still in development. The w- my favorite show of all time that Pier One put on, um, my wife Annie was in, uh, it's called Juggers Rain, And I think this was one of the first one or two productions anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer sent it out and asked for feedback. And I don't think it ever made it to Broadway, but I've kept in touch with it over the years online, and it has been through many subsequent okay. productions, but he would say that we got the play and performed it, and then Lance gave feedback to the playwright.
2: Anyone else want to jump in? I have, I have someone on the line. Hey, Annie Whitney, do you read me? Hi, Kathleen. <laughs> Good morning. The mic Good is yours. Good morning to you. How are you doing today? The mic is yours. What What did you call to say? You could stay on for the whole hour if you like.
6: Well, um, I think David was talking about The, the Drunkard mm-hmm. and that was the first show in the 80s but The Drunkard was actually done in the 70s, and I know of two people that were in that I believe Brad Hughes played the lawyer cri- cribs, and Tex Edwards I think he was William Williams Tex
2: Edwards that's a name I've never heard
4: yeah, Tex was a, a boat operator here he lived down in the Pacific Northwest he used to live in the Southwest interesting old guy been Around forever, but uh, it was a whole different crew back then. Oh, the Homer, Homer.
2: family is huge, yeah. the Pier One family is huge. I just the first that's when I'm that's how I met Erwin Raven
4: yeah.
2: was Pier One family,
3: yeah. And I think Brad Hughes was a huge instrumental part he was. of those early years of Pier One, both performing and then doing set design and creating those amazing sets that could travel across the peninsula, designing the great and terrible Wizard of Oz and sets for Music Man, and yeah.
0: Yeah, Brad Hughes and Stan Sanders were um, uh, hung around with Lance quite a bit in those early days doing the set things.
2: And, Annie, are you still on the line?
6: Um, I'm here uh, listening. I am a techno doll.
2: Well, I have a question for you. Uh, sure. Do you remember your first role on the Pier 1 stage? Do you remember the first yes, thing you played? I do.
6: Go for it. I was Mary, the sweet young put-upon wife of Ken Landfield, who was
2: a drunkard. Thank you so much.
4: She's been married to Ken Landfield all stage longer than she's been married to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Annie, thank you for- That's true. Annie, thank you for calling. Is there anything else you want to add?
6: Just that in my adult experience outside of Alaska, I don't know of a community theater like tier one that is so welcoming of new members. They encourage actors, if you ever wanted to do lighting, if you ever wanted to write a play, if you ever wanted to do anything theater related, Peer one supports you. Thanks, Annie.
2: I have someone else on another line, so I'm going to say good morning. And if you want to call back in, you're welcome to, okay? (laughs) All right, talk to you soon, Annie. Bye bye. Bye. How about Kate on line one? Kate, do you read me? I do. I hear you
6: clearly. Go ahead. I certainly don't mean to interrupt uh, Annie. That's uh, whatever. (laughs) But I want to just say that um, I love Pier 1. I think it increases the quality of life in this town tremendously. Um, I don't participate in making the things happen, but I participate as an audience, and I participate as a volunteer sometimes. So I just really so appreciate the intensity and quality of work that the peer one team does all the time you know year after year after year so thank you thank you peer one and um, keep up the good work and i'll continue to participate at my level thank thanks. you
2: thanks so much kate and thanks for ushering all the time <laughs> and keeping things running in the theater now the time is 9:31 a.m we're about halfway through the phone lines will stay open 907-235-7721 but uh, I or email Kathleen at kbbi.org but I want to focus on what's a little more in depth on what's happening this week and then the whole current season because I want people to I do I could sit here for an, we could go an extra hour and talk and tell old stories I would love to but I want people I want to see people at the theater this week and next week and so can we start with oh well this weekend let's start with jessica golden because the current show running at pier one theater is actually running behind the pratt museum and you have built a cottage or a farmhouse on prince edward island out behind the pratt on the trails so jessica golden however much you would like us to know first could you introduce the play
1: Sure. So the name of the play, again, is Maud of the Island, and it was inspired by the life of Lucy Maud Montgomery, who is most famous for having written Anne of Green Gables. Uh, I wrote it during lockdown, and as such, I decided it needed to be a comedy. Uh, it is a family-friendly play. <coughs> uh, we it's not
2: claustrophobic at all. I wouldn't have known it was <laughs> a lockdown play. Well, I, you know, it <laughs> is... you just had to open up the world.
1: <laughs> we did uh, decide to... to ho- do it outside, Mm -hmm. because it is, unfortunately, the virus is still going around, and it's still getting people, so to keep cast and audiences safe, I decided that I wanted to uh, host an outdoor theater space, which has been a little bit chilly this summer, so if you come out this weekend, go ahead and wrap up, Um, but we are covered, so if it's raining, you will stay dry, we do have a heater out there. Um, We have an amazing cast. Almost half of our cast members are new to the Pier 1 stage. This is their first time. No kidding. Right. It's very, very exciting. Um, When casting the show, I knew that I wanted to have some Pier 1 veterans who had helped develop the the play. Uh, But we also had a really great turnout from – bunch of very excited youngsters teenagers who were still uh, excited from their recent production of newsies that they did for high school
2: oh yeah plus Raiden has been was a pure one six-year-old or f- possibly five-year-old who was who would come to camp and yeah it's, he's been on fire for it for a lo- since he was a kid
1: right so it's been very very cool to see that energy um injected into this play and they're they're just the kiddos and then um you know our new people are bringing uh, a lot of energy and a lot of excitement to be part of the production, and then we have our veterans as well who, you know, grew up on the stage and are uh, are excited to be seeing a production come to fruition that they've been helping to work on for the last two years.
2: And then, would you mind briefly talking about development through Pier One from when you were like when you s- had a manuscript, when you had your script in hand?
1: Sure. Um, so, well, to, to start with. I, in drafting the play, sitting down and just drafting it, uh, I was inspired by the Pier 1 performers, the people who I knew would be picking up the script. Oh,
2: thank you for (laughs) mentioning that, because I had not considered it. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs)
1: absolutely. Um, so I wrote with them in mind, and so when I finally had a, and it was a, you know, it was developed in a workshop, so I had other writers reading it, but writers don't read scripts the way actors read scripts, and so... Um, When I finally had a full script, I contacted Jennifer and asked her uh, if she would organize a read through. And we did that in, what, 2021? December of 2021-ish. And that was, it was like a four hour (laughs) read through. (laughs) And everybody had really strong opinions and gave me opinions about what needed to move and what needed to be cut and what was extraneous. And um, it was really, really helpful to sit down with people who would actually be working the material.
2: How much of it fell away? Uh, about a quarter about a quarter of it yeah well i have n- still not seen it because i am hard at youth theater right now but i look forward to seeing it this weekend so that is thursday friday saturday and sunday correct at seven
1: thirty, okay. behind the pratt museum okay now the next thing well, can i oh go, go ahead dave webster you
4: mentioned youth theater i don't want to give Theater short shrift. Oh, I won't. I'll, I'll be talking about it soon. I Keep have going. several close friends uh, of my kids' age. One of them, uh, A.C. Hendry, who goes by, uh, oh darn, what is he, Aaron, uh, has been on TV. He w- is in L.A. works in the movie industry. Um, he's been doing a lot of stuff. He was the Mummy or something like that on some TV series. And th- there are several. Micah Thomas, of course, who came up through. The tech department at doing tech for Pier One has developed this wonderful, uh, he, he's part owner of the, uh, what's the name of it, Quixotic, um, in, out of Kansas City, which is kind of a, if you're familiar with Cirque du Soleil, it's that kind of thing. And there have been kids that come up through youth theater that have gone on to just do amazing things. And I just want to give that shout out to that.
2: Well, I'm glad to, to hear you say that. We have a collaboration between youth theater and Maud of the Island and Jessica Golden, playwright. Because uh, because this play was chosen for production, and it's about the author of *Anne of Green Gables*, we chose for the youth Theater play to be *Anne of Green Gables* or an adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jessica is going to meet with us. I promised I wouldn't set it to d- ask you for a date for it until after your show closed, <laughs> um, because you're writing and directing. What a masochist! Uh, <laughs> and uh, but then. Our youth theater production camp, who's working on Anne of Green Gables right now, is gonna read Maud of the Island and read it to Jessica so that uh, she can do a little unit on what it takes to get your ideas on stage, and, and specifically adapting material. I'm really excited to get, because I want I'm, I hope we find some writers in production camp who know of or will find a story they want to adapt or just make up out of their heads. So I'm very excited that that's happening, but that's for another, that's in another couple of weeks after Maud of the Island closes. Then the next thing that happens is just a couple of days later, Tuesday, the 11th music and auction night. And, uh, Jennifer, will you talk,
0: will you just name check the musicians and tell us what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all this is all still coming into into focus here, but we have a lovely uh, Jessica Williams is going to be our auctioneer that night, Jack Will and Sue Biggs, Josh Crone, Karen Strid, Scott Bartlett, and David Webster are going to be making some music for us, and I suspect some other folks will drop in. Uh, that starts at 9 p.m. at Alice's Champagne Palace, and we are looking for some silent auction items if anyone would like to donate uh, to the cause for um, things to be um, auctioned off that evening. And um, again, just a chance to get together and share memories together and enjoy. Uh,
2: well, I enjoy can. some great music. I can't hear the name Sue Biggs without thinking of the music the madrigals she wrote for Val Shepherd for Much Ado About Nothing, <laughs> and the Madrigals that she found and arranged for us all to sing. I mean, she made Much Ado About Nothing a musical. We had yes. a bassoon on stage. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> I um I Sue can do anything. She is an incredible musician and um, dancer and performer and just a wonderful human being. And she and Jack have participated. Together uh, in many musicals. um, I can't wait to check in with them. And so, some of this collection of musicians, um, you'll be familiar with their work because they've participated in gobs of productions over the years, either in the orchestra or as small bands on the stage. Um, Karen Strid and friends have played for many years in the Outrageous Jazz Ensemble. Scott Bartlett from Homer Council on the Arts will be there. Um, Scott's an amazing percussionist who's been playing with the orchestra for a long time, and, um, and so that's another really wonderful connection from, um, from over the years. The Kenai Peninsula Orchestra began, uh, uh, was an, um, under the umbrella of Pier One Theater for many years, and sort of harkens back to the early days of Pier One where we were, traveling up and down the peninsula all over the place. Um, Lance would drive every day from Homer to Kenai and was doing plays in both places and the, and the connections between folks um, in Kenai and Zaldotna and in Homer was really tight in the early days and the Kenai Peninsula Orchestra sprang out of that and is going strong. They just finished another concert this last weekend which I hear was wonderful. I didn't it get to go to it. But it was <laughs>
4: indeed wonderful. And, and Eric Simonson, who is uh, currently the conductor of the KPO, uh, said that he had tried to figure out between Homer and uh, Central Peninsula people, how many miles were traveled to put in that one concert. And he came in at well over 20,000 miles.
2: Oh, when the orchestra travels? Yes, because there's so many of them and they're they're divided, and yeah they, yeah, they really put in the miles, for sure. Now, I wanna, I'm want i coming for you, Sasha Peterson, because the next event happens Friday, next Friday, July 15th. It's at the 14th. Oh. It's, sorry, it's wrong on that flyer, oh. Kathleen. <laughs> well, then. Uh, will you introduce it and tell us, uh, and then, Sasha, I'd like for you to talk about what's going to happen on the 14th, at Pier One Theater. It's a celebration of life for your father, Lance Peterson.
3: Yeah, for those of you who don't know, my father passed away in January of this year, um, so I feel like his spirit is here with us on this 50th anniversary season, and I feel um, we wanted to create a space for people to gather and celebrate the life and legacy and this, you know, organization that he started 50 years ago and now is thriving because of Jen's leadership and the community's support and everybody working together to keep it going. So at 6 o'clock out at Pier 1 Theater on the Spit, because how could it happen any other place, right? Yeah, it's got to be at the 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 theater. So yeah, come on out. Um, There'll be some time to mix and mingle and share stories with each other. There'll be a little bit of programming and remembrance, you know, for my father and then more time to mix and mingle after that. So if you have a chance and want to swing by for some or all of that, we'd be grateful to have you come out.
2: And anything you want to add to that, anybody? Because I, c- I am a... I, uh, one, one go point. ahead, Dave Webster.
3: <laughs> I,
4: I'm a loquacious guy. Uh, the one thing, that the one piece of advice that Lance ever gave me, the only piece of advice he ever gave me, about being a director at Pier One Theater, the only crucial things you have to worry about, toilet paper in the cast outhouse, coffee in the lobby, Everything else will take care of itself. I'm
3: gonna. <laughs> <laughs> my dad did love his coffee. That's true.
2: <laughs> over the next four weeks, or f- over the next five weeks, while we're preparing *Anne of Green Gables*, I'm going to remember that because I know, <laughs> I know it'll come up. Um, so, everybody, go to f- Pier One on the Spit to remember Lance on Friday the 14th. Friday the 14th. Six yeah. And then the reunion party. Back to you, Jennifer Norton, Executive Director of Pier One Theater. Thank you, Kathleen. (laughs) So we're going to Bear Creek Winery. We are going
0: to Bear Creek Winery, and we hope to have some food and drink and uh, just a a gathering. Uh, We hope for some sunny weather. And it's the following Um, day. It's the following day on the 15th. It's at 7 p.m., and that's in the garden there at Bear Creek Winery, who has also been a really great venue for us during uh, our time of need in outdoor venues and we hope to share some sketches and songs and some remembrances together, and um, anyone who's ever participated in a Pier One Theater event of any kind in any capacity is welcome to come and join us and reunite with your fellow cast members or crew or um, just come on out and enjoy time together. I they, feel
3: like that's something we touched on already this morning, but the community aspect. And mm-hmm. I think this is an opportunity a week to celebrate the community that Pure One has created and continues to create throughout the peninsula.
0: I've heard a couple folks who have only participated one time or have only, you know, they've, they've done it, they've joined recently, and they don't know the history. And they've said, Oh, I don't know if that's that party's for me, and i just. Of course, it is. Every single person who's ever participated um, is is absolutely a part, no matter how small your role or um, or how infrequently you've done it. It's uh, everyone is still an integral part of making this organization what it is, and everyone is welcome.
4: And and also audience members, because the most wonderful thing about live theater is that mm-hmm. every night is different depending on who's in the house. It doesn't and happen without they, the audience. They, they're they necessary. Help, they help create the show as much as the playwright and the actors do.
2: Hey, mm-hmm. I've got Maggie online, too, I think. Maggie, do you read me? Yeah. Go hey. ahead, Maggie. Hi. Hey, Maggie. Hi. Hi,
7: everybody. First of all, I wanted to... I am getting a, uh, an echo.
2: Any better? Any better now?
7: Um I'll just try and talk. Okay. I saw Maud on Sunday, and I was really blown away by what a wonderful play it was. And I wanted to say I love the creative casting of Mrs. McElroy, and I won't say any more. But it just made me laugh. It was a great
2: character. And it's Maggie. What is your, what was your debut role at Pier One Theater?
7: I moved to Homer in 1999, and I had my whole life wanted to act, but was too scared. And um, I finally reached a point in 2010 where I realized I had to do it before I died because I didn't want to be you know, on my deathbed thinking, I really wish I'd done that.
2: You had an existential crisis.
7: Yes, so I went to an audition for It Was Much Ado About Nothing, um, a different one that was directed by a different person in 2010, and I was so terrified. And the auditions were at uh, the Mariner Theatre So Barb Peterson offered to go up with me and um, which I was so grateful to her for. But I just wanted to say I felt so welcome and everybody was so kind and I want to encourage anybody that wants to, has always wanted to act to just come on down because I and then when I, I learned my lines, and then when we started saying them, or, you know, running rehearsals, I went blank because I had horrible stage fright. And um, so I went and got some um, from a, a woo-woo natural healer. I won't mention the name, I guess. Uh, some homeopathic remedy for stage fright. <laughs>
2: Oh, well. And, DM me um, later about whatever that herbal <laughs> remedy is. It's ginseng root. Yeah.
7: Anyway, um, yeah, it's been an incredible experience. And then I've directed a play, which um, I did not feel prepared really to do. But um, would you do it again? I brought um, I brought Calendar Girls, and I just really didn't feel up to it. But I. I um, I just was really called to to bring that play. And I, the only way to do it was to direct it. In and true
2: Lance Peterson fashion, that's right. Yes.
7: And I remember on opening night, or the morning of opening night, I called Jennifer and said, we're not ready. We have to cancel. <laughs> and she said, we can't cancel it. Everybody's bought tickets. So, so also...
2: Also, you're directing, and it worked out. you're directing the Dave Webster vehicle, as we're calling it right now, uh, Pier 1.0, is that what it's called?
4: Pier 1.0, uh, Staging Reality.
2: So Maggie, yeah. uh, I want to thank you for calling, but I want to put uh, Dave Webster's mic on because we really haven't talked about the rest of the current season, and I want to talk about the show you're directing yep. that Dave has written.
7: Oh, definitely. Okay. I I said all I wanted to say. All right.
2: Take care. Yes. Okay. And Dot from Seward, if you're listening, I'm coming to you next. But Dave Webster, can you talk about...
4: Our time is running short, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on my plate. But let's not skip over Cannibal, which is coming up before that. And uh, everything I have read about that sounds like that's going to be amazing. So So this
2: weekend, Maud of the Island, then... Next weekend is all uh, Pier 1 uh, free activities, right? Come and uh, mm-hmm. and get with us. Then the week after is when Cannibal the Musical opens. Then that's two weeks. And then it's Pier 1 Youth Theaters and of Green Gables. And then mm-hmm. Dave Webster's Pier 1.0. Oh, and you can go to Peer one theaterorg or call the office, It's or go up there. It's above the Homer Bookstore. And we'll, we'll circle back around one more time, but Dot is called from Seward. Dot, do you read me?
8: Yes, I sure do. Uh, Lance um, was a big help to Port City Players in getting started. Um, I think we got... Oh, are you...
2: I still hear you. Can you hear me?
8: Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Go
2: ahead. I'd love to hear about the Port City Players.
8: Yeah, Port City Players. And uh, we were putting on our first play in 1979, so you were well underway. Anyway, the thing that uh, Lance and I sat on the State Council on the Arts at the time, and I'm getting an echo, darn. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, did we have money.
5: Uh, the uh, uh, the State Council on the Arts had eight million
8: dollars. But I went vi- I went to to visit uh, Homer and I stayed overnight with Barbara and Lance. And the thing I really remember is their outhouse. And who wouldn't remember their outhouse? And the
2: enchanted pottery garden that led around, that led up to it.
8: I didn't know about that, but his outhouse was papered with with um, rejection notices, and it's hard to believe that Lance was rejected. But like all artists, he he was one of them.
2: Well, Dot, thank you so much. I really appreciate you calling in. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
8: No, I think I think you know I lances you know has had a fabulous career and well i'm glad that you're celebrating it
2: i know you're in seward but we'll be thinking of you on the day unless you can get on friday the 14th unless you can come down to the spit you know uh, okay. but if not we'll be thinking of you thanks dot okay bye bye all right well it's time to circle back and remind everybody of everything that needs saying Go ahead, Dave Webster. <laughs> well,
4: she brought up and uh, another, the last two callers brought up Barb Peterson, and we should not leave her out of this equation. Well done. Go she, ahead. She acted, she directed, she was an amazing part of the life of Pier One Theater, uh, not just as uh, a partner to Lance, but in her own right as, as an actor, director, and, and moving force, I force never of nature.
2: I never got the opportunity to be directed by Barb, except that when I first started becoming youth theater director, she was mm. she was instrumental mm-hmm. uh, because everything I didn't understand, she calmly and rationally laid out for me.
4: She was the Evil Queen in Snow White.
2: Well, <laughs> she was a professor in the second show I directed, and being and directing Barb was was amazing for me. She mm-hmm. was so, she's such a wonderful actress. She's so real on stage that if I wasn't right. careful, the scene she in, she's in would never end because because she was so present in the scenes that all of a sudden any pacing I had un, in mind was gone. We were in Barb's world and and it was, I had, I rarely get to work with actors like mm-hmm. that who aren't just racing to the end and it I, was a real treat.
4: I think she was instrumental correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she was instrumental in helping Shirley Timrick get mm. her.: developed Shirley on as the a playwright.: stage. And Shirley was an amazing woman who, in her latter years, uh, decided to be a playwright, and she was a wonderful woman.
2: Jennifer Norton, I want to circle back to you because can you give us anything? what is it that we need to know for this weekend? And sum it up. Well, Maud of the Island. Sure. How does a person so how would a person
0: like me get tickets to see Excellent. of the Island? I'm so glad you asked, <laughs> Kathleen. So if you'd like to make a reservation to see Maud of the Island, you can do that by calling 907-226-2287 and leaving us a message, or you can talk to Val in the office. She'll be there in a few minutes. Uh and then um you can just leave your information, tell us what show you want to go see, and we'll put your name on the list, or you can go to Pier1Theater.org and make a reservation Um, you can also stop by our office above the homer bookstore and pick up your tickets there and those shows are uh, thursday through sunday this coming weekend all at 7 30 and we have we've got space available so come on down
2: thank you so much that's jennifer norton executive director of pier one theater and i would i'd like to turn the mic to anyone who might like it. Dave Webster, is there anything you'd like to add?
4: No, just that uh, this year's show that I'm writing is of a piece with all my other work in that uh, I was convinced to do it reluctantly. Um, (laughs) I I was on the committee for the 50th anniversary and they said, well, how about we bring back On the Road, which I did in 93. I said, no. No no no
2: <laughs> you just need to know that my and husband still walks out of our out, w- would walk out of fish camp and just roll right into cabin by the bay <laughs> as sung by dan westerberg yeah. so and so that uh, wasn't 93 no that, that was 2003
4: yeah. that so it was 10 years between my first two shows and 20 years between my second two so it'll be uh, twice as good yeah. yeah uh but uh i I w- just the only, I don't want to say much about the show. I, I'm really proud of it. I tried to do something different with the music. I, try, I was modeling myself after music from the Great American Songbook rather than the geezer rock bands that I used to play in. Um, so the music is much more complicated. But the show itself is a love letter to Pier One and Lance.
2: Mm-hmm. So oh, I can't wait to see it. And how about Jessica Golden? Thanks so much. And I'll see you this weekend. I mean, you're not on stage, are you? You're not so insane that you would
1: act and direct and write. Jennifer Norton talked me out of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good good advice. A good Thank idea, goodness <laughs> good advice. in her wisdom. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say that you know I came to Pier 1 um, after having had a 25-year hiatus from theater. I truly thought I was never going to participate in theater or perform again. I had walked away from it. And um, Pier 1 is so warm and so welcoming. If you want to paint, there's sets that need to be painted. If you want to bake cakes, we need cakes for shows. If you want to do costumes, we need costumes. Um, it really is like the play is almost um, just it's kind of a byproduct, a byproduct of getting together and getting to play with your friends and do the fun, creative work of tel- storytelling. And so if there's anybody out there who's like, oh, that, that sounds like fun, but maybe it's not something that, you know, I've ever done before, or maybe I've walked away from in the past, this is the time. Come join us. We, we need your hands. We need your creativity. And we would love to see you there.
4: For those of you in the audience who have never participated in a show of any kind, you have no idea what happens to the ensemble, how close, closely tight-knit they become. They become a family. And for that brief period of time, from the start of rehearsals to the close of the show, you're a family, and it's, a, it's an amazing experience.
3: Yeah, maybe family theater, not just community theater. It sort of harkens me to a saying that my dad used to say about finding your light. You know, if you're on stage, no one can see you or hear you unless you're standing in your light. And I feel like Pier One created a space that everyone can find their light.
2: Well, I'm going to bring up the theme with that. (laughs) Thanks so much to Sasha Peterson, Jessica Golden, Jennifer Norton, and Dave Webster, all representing Pier One Theater on the occasion of their 50th anniversary. I'm Kathleen Gustafson. I'll be right back with a weather update. This has been The Coffee Table.